outlet pass to Plum. Here come the Aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show, show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chance Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There were six seconds to go, and the Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. In, in, in. Glad to have you with us on this Thursday. T.C. Martin with you. Another jam-packed show today. A lot of guests coming your way, of course. Scott Sprice is going to join us. We start handicapping week number, where are we at? Four in the National Football League. Now I guess that makes it uh, week number five of the of college football. We'll talk to Scott, continue on, get some winners with that. Look forward to our best bet segment tomorrow at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Make sure you come on out and join us tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, our Friday home. Timmy B is going to join us today. Tim Brando from Fox Sports. And, of course, you remember Tim from his days in CBS on the football side, the basketball side. Does a fantastic job with uh, Fox Sports. And he's actually on a big-time game tomorrow night. we got some Friday night football. So Tim Brando on the call tomorrow from College Park, Maryland. The Iowa Hawkeyes take it on the Maryland Terrapins, both 4-0, both undefeated. Looking forward to that game tomorrow night. Still not used to Friday football. You know, Friday football should be reserved for high schools. I, I'm still in that that mode. And that's why the colleges stayed away from not having college football games on Friday night because of that. They said, hey, we want to keep the high school games alive, especially in these communities where they really thrive and you get thousands of people at these high school football games. And not just in the state of Texas, in Florida, but in Iowa and Nebraska and Illinois and you know a lot of these other parts. You know, Wyoming, North Dakota. And then you're having more and more college games on, on Fridays. And it's really not a ratings booster as well, too, for ESPN and Fox Sports. Because a lot of people are, are out on Friday nights. They're not really watching television. That's why when you look at like the popular sitcoms or dramas with all the networks, they don't put their A-list shows on Fridays. That's kind of a throwaway night. You know, they always you know want their their series on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays. No one wants to compete with Monday Night Football during the fall and the winter months. So interesting how college football is really not just sticking with the Friday night model, but just we're getting more and more Friday games. And I don't know. I think, I think it does you know, hinder certain markets, certain towns regarding uh, high school football. But at any rate, Tim Brando is going to join us at the bottom of the hour from College Park, Maryland. We'll preview that game. Plus, we'll take a good hard look at the Big Ten and a whole lot more. And Numchuck's very happy today because you know how we get on these Thursdays. Yeah, you... Numchuck's very happy. Wrestling, yes. 
D'Lo Brown is going to be joining us. D'Lo Brown is going to be in studio. He's going to come on by. Was with the WWE for six-plus years. Former Intercontinental Champion. European Champion, I believe, four times. And that's the thing. European Champion. There's never a European Champion back in the day. It was the World Heavyweight Champion. Then you had the Intercontinental Champion. You had the Tag Team Champions. But European Champion? Why do we need that? We're in the United States. Vince McMahon, WWE, they're based in Connecticut. Come on. Do we need a European champion? Why was D'Lo Brown? He's not from Europe. Why was he a European champion? Not once, not two, not three, four times. Why? I don't get that. Maybe maybe he'll have an answer to that, right? (laughs) Anyway, yes, the nation of domination back in the day, D'Lo Brown. He's a sports guy, too, so we'll have some fun uh, with him, so he'll be joining us a little bit later on as well, too. All right, don't forget the Las Vegas Aces in action tonight. Game number two at the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. Aces lead the best of five series, one game to none. The game one victory on Tuesday, 96 90. Guard play tremendous. Raquana Williams had a career playoff high, 26 points. Kelsey Plum, 25. Chelsea Gray, 17 points, 13 assists. Those three guards combined for 68 of Vegas's 96 points. Very impressive. They got the win against Phoenix, uh, against two of the best players in the history of the WNBA, and they're still playing. Diana Taurasi at 39 years old. As I like to say, the logo or the face of the WNBA, the all-time leading scorer in the history of the WNBA, so she had 20. Brittany Griner had 24, the tallest player, probably the most uh, decorated player currently in the WNBA, Brittany Griner. So the Aces got to take care of business. So it was a great game, and more importantly, it was a great atmosphere at the Michelob Ultra Arena. 7,000 fans in attendance. Now, word has it that tonight we're talking about near sellout. 9,000 expected tonight at the Mandalay Bay Michelob Ultra Arena. If you haven't got your tickets yet, do it at access.com, A-X-S.com. It was a great atmosphere. We touched upon it yesterday. You had plenty of Raiders in the house. I believe you had about a dozen Las Vegas Raiders come. And, you know, Henry Ruggs was there, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau. And watching these guys, especially Foster Moreau, if anyone's ever seen Foster Moreau, he he looks like a, a taller version of Seth Rogen. He's got the glasses on. He came out there, looked like wearing some pajamas, looked like you know sweat sweats or something like that. Firing the t-shirts, you know the Raiders got up there and you know fired the t-shirts up in the crowd. Foster Moreau is going upper deck, pretty impressive. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of Raiders were in the house. Of course, Dwayne Wade was there, Donovan Mitchell, a lot of NBA royalty uh, in the house, and we expect more of that not just tonight but during the course of the rest of the playoffs as well. So game two tonight, look forward to it. And if you can't get out to the game, you can uh, check out my call, right down the dial, ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM, 100.9 FM, 630, the pregame show. Be visiting with Chelsea Gray tonight and then tipping it off at 7 o'clock. So, all right, great stuff. All right, Raiders, Monday Night Football, Raiders taking on the Chargers. Chargers, a three-point favorite. We're going to see how good the Raiders are right now. They're 3-0. and it just depends on who you're talking to, who you're listening to, what part of the country you're in. Are you a believer in the silver and black? Some people are, some people aren't. But I got to say, 3-0, and this version of the Raiders is better than anything we've seen in the last 
20 years. No question. They're 3-0. They beat Baltimore as an underdog. They beat Pittsburgh Steelers on the road as an underdog. And as a slight favorite, they beat the Miami Dolphins at Allegiant Stadium. So 2-0 at home, two overtime victories. Very exciting. Now they're going to get a true test going on the road playing a very improved Chargers team. And we saw what the Chargers did last week. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. So looking forward, and that is Monday Night Football. How about it for the Raiders? Second time in four weeks, they get Monday Night Football. Very nice. And you know this probably isn't going to be the last time that you see the Raiders in prime time. Because later on the season, we're going to get that flex schedule. So there are going to be some games flexed in the final five weeks of the season on Sunday Night Football. If the Raiders continue to win, you could see them on Sunday Night Football. So... Interesting. We'll we'll see how all this plays out, but uh, kudos to the Raiders. And what is that stadium going to look like? You know, we talked with T.J. Reeves, our good friend from Tampa who covers the, the Buccaneers, works with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the announcing crew. He was there last week in SoFi Stadium, and on the show Tuesday he talked about how that monstrosity looks. Remember, uh, you know, Allegiant Stadium was $2.1 billion. Well, <laughs> basically you go... You know, more than two times the value there. SoFi Stadium costs $5 billion to build. And, you know, we've talked to some of our colleagues like TJ Reeves, Arash Mikazi from Los Angeles, who, who was there uh, for the Rams opener. That, that stadium is something special. But as we know, Raider Nation is alive and well in Southern California. How many fans are going to be there? And we know when they played this game in Carson. You know, the old tennis stadium, the boxing venue, as I like to say, Dignity Health Field Stadium Arena, call it whatever you want. They can make it as, as large as they want or as small as they want, but as large as it gets is 28,000. And most of those fans were Raider fans when they played there the last couple seasons. What's it going to be now that you have SoFi Stadium? How many Raider fans are going to be there? What's the total attendance going to be? And let's remember, the Chargers are good. Chargers are better than they've been in quite some time. And I think it's just a matter of time before fans trek down from San Diego and re-embrace this team. And fans in L.A. finally say, okay, we're believing in Justin Herbert. We want to watch this team. So I'm very curious, especially the way the Chargers are playing now. They're 2-1, and one, and they beat the Chiefs last week, and they're facing a 3-0 and o Raider team. I mean, this, this is going to be hot, heated, heavy. Looking forward to, to checking this out Monday night football. All right. All right, so good stuff on tap. A lot of football as uh, we look ahead to this weekend's action on the college side and the pro side as well. All right, let's hear from our good friend who is doing well. I that we we are hoping and we continue to to have positive thoughts and prayers. Of course, Ballpark Frank's still in the hospital, as we mentioned just about daily here, and uh, wanted to bring him on today, just kind of give us an update, see how he's doing. And, of course, people want to hear from VGK Ballpark Frank. What is going on, my friend, coming to a ho- from a hospital room near you? Well, I kind of feel like I've been abducted by aliens, and they've dropped me off at the fifth floor here at the hospital in the oncology ward. I've been poked and prodded and everything so much that I'm losing any dignity that I had left. But I'm still trying to fight this damn cancer. My platelets are still low, so I'm stuck in here for a little bit longer. Uh, hopefully I can go home and start this on an outpatient type of thing. But uh, on the plus side, today will be day five of my chemotherapy. So then I'll get a 
couple days off of it. But, uh, yeah, round one for chemo's almost done, but it's still a long road to hoe with three months ahead looking forward to lockdown. So I will not be at the Michelob Ultra Arena tonight. Ah. <sighs> oh. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. He's not going to be there. That's okay. Hopefully you can at least watch on television, or or better yet, Frank, as you've said before, just go ahead and, and turn down the sound, and uh, you, you can listen to that other radio guy that does it. So there you go. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a radio in my room here, and if it's like the last game, the uh, Connecticut game goes into overtime, and uh, it took forever to uh, get the Aces game on. But I did watch what I could of it. Yeah, a double overtime game, and you're right. I got a lot of texts from people that says, I can't watch the game. This this game won't, won't stop. The Connecticut Sun losing to the Chicago Sky. You're right. So, you know, they, they, they time these things to – to try to 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 go back to back, but it never usually works out that way. And, and they had told us on Tuesday night, they go, "Okay, tip offs is seven oh two. And I go, "Really?" Because you know, if it doesn't go at seven oh two, then that means I got more filler time, you know. And then they go, "Well, looks like it's going to be seven oh seven. Okay, okay, please don't tell me it's going to be seven nineteen because then I then I'm going to be calling Frank in the hospital, and Frank's going to have to fill with me. And then next thing I know, is like, "No, nah, we're going no matter what." Okay, that's good. So. Yeah, there it's it, it's craziness, but in all seriousness, my friend, uh, you know, again, you, you sound great, and I know that that's not a consolation because you know what you're going through right now is is very very tough, and a lot of people are you know again pulling for you, and and again, it's, and, and, and I say, you know, we're pulling for you, our you know, our prayers are being answered because I think you're going to come out of this. You know, fine. Uh, you're battling this thing, and I know it's tough to stay positive when you've been in this hospital for now going on what three plus weeks, and we're going on four weeks here. So I know how tough it is. I, I've spent time in hospitals myself a lot, so not nearly as much as you have recently uh, with a straight stay. So uh, I just, uh, you know, want you to keep your head up, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And it sounds like that the chemo is actually, you know. Uh, doing good and how are you been able to withstand it i mean is it you know i know that when we hear chemo that we always think wow this is you know you know this is going to be painful i'm going to lose my hair i'm going to do all this stuff and just kind of you know break it down you know for us here how things are going with the treatments well luckily so far i haven't really felt any side effects necessarily uh maybe a little bit of fatigue here and there um, the chemo, the, the worst part about them is the sessions are really, really long. Uh, they take about seven to eight hours because they put in three different chemo drugs and then other drugs to get my body ready for the chemo drugs. And it's a, it's a very long process. I never know exactly what time it's going to happen. Uh, I still haven't had the chemo today. It looks like it'll be coming around um, 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock, which means I'll be up till midnight or 1 a.m. or something getting this stuff. So... That is certainly no picnic whatsoever, and um, you know. Then I'm just trying to do the best I can with it. It's uh, it 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 always makes you a little bit leery when you see the nurses putting on their special smocks and that kind of stuff, so they can't get any of it on them or anything. But uh, just basically trying to make the best of a bad situation, hoping this stuff ends up working a little bit. But uh, it's kind of daunting, and you know, you look at three months of it, and that's certainly not something I'm looking forward to. But it's something I have to do right now to uh, try to beat this damn thing, and I'm doing the best I can. I get up in the morning and I walk because I know I have the chemo coming in the afternoon. And now to, uh, not to too graphic, but um, to make matters even a little bit more interesting, uh, my uh, my body has been retaining some water from all the walking I've been doing in that, so they have me on Lasix. So uh, I get to uh, battle with the uh, 
the thought of trying to uh, get chemotherapy while having to run to the bathroom constantly. <laughs> you're you're like a horse. You're on Lasix. You know, and sometimes yeah, it, I, I sometimes it's a good thing. Change, <laughs> I, I told him I'm changing my middle name to Bellagio because I feel like a damn fountain is what I feel like. Oh, so next thing you know, they'll give you blinders. Why don't you ask for some blinders to go with that Lasix, and then we'll just go ahead and, and we'll shove you on the rail and have you uh, wear the the red saddle cloth, and and you'll be on the rail wearing the number one cloth. How's that? Well, because I heard that the inside track and the floor in the hallway here isn't very good. That's why I always take the outside track. It's a little bit longer. It makes my steps seem more when I do every round here. And if I have blinders on, trust me, there's so much traffic in the hallways and that, even at that time of the morning, because they're constantly walking around taking people's blood pressures and doing this, that, and the other, that um, I might run into somebody. So I, I, I think I'll avoid the blinders now so I can see the entire track because, you know, I don't want blinders in this. Because I want to look at the big picture of it. Because if I just had blinders right now and I looked at three months ahead of me, that mountain might be hard to climb. But if I take it peak by peak, I think I can conquer it. Uh, bottom line is, I think you would be bucking the jockey anyway, though. There's no doubt in my mind. You know, you'd be bucking the jockey. Yeah. You'd be throwing that jockey off. You wouldn't even finish the race. Well, I may throw the jockey off, but I'll tell you what, I certainly don't want to, uh, you know, make the horse have to have me jump on the back of it after I'm done with that, because that would not be very cool. It would definitely be over the weight limit, unfortunately. Uh, hey, speaking of, of racetracks, uh, you heard the news. I know we were texting back and forth, but you know, news you know, coming out of uh, Chicago is that the Bears are going to be leaving Soldier Field and going to a place that you know very well, the old Arlington Park site in, in Arlington Heights, Illinois, uh, give me some thoughts uh, when you hear about this. I mean, leaving the hallowed ground of Soldier Field. I mean, right behind Lambeau Field, there comes Soldier Field. And we're talking about, you know, historic venues and longevity for a team. Well, you know, when I first saw the headlines in that, I thought, well, that really sucks. I don't want that to happen. But then as I dove into the story a little bit more, I believe that Bearsley still runs to like 2033. Uh, I think there's a buyout in 2026, but it's like a lot, a lot of money. Uh, this is far from a done deal. They're not moving yet. I know the current mayor of Chicago said that she thinks that this is just a ploy for the Bears to try to get something better. So I'm not so sure they're going to be leaving. Uh, I, to, to be honest with you, I think the sadder part of the story is that Arlington Park Racetrack is closing down because, like you said, right. I spent a lot of time there, grew up there with my dad, learned how to wager and bet the ponies and enjoy horse racing and love it. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry to see that go. But as far as the Bears leaving yet, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, I'm old enough to remember they threatened to move to Addison years ago. They threatened to move other places. And then, of course, the big caveat is, well, if they leave Chicago, they're not going to be able to be the Chicago Bears. Really, because the Detroit Lions are still the Detroit Lions. The you know New York has football teams that don't even play in their damn state. So San Francisco is San Francisco maneuvering right. and things like that. So we'll we'll see what happens with it. But it's it's certainly too early to really worry for that about me. Because to be honest with you, whatever happens, I hope I'm still alive to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Santa Clara 49ers just never sounded right uh, as well. And there's you know, several uh, professional sports teams, many professional sports teams that don't play in their actual city or even county for that matter. But, uh, you know, it's really weird about 
even thinking that the Bears could leave Soldier Field because, remember, years ago, they went through that whole renovation process and turned the thing into looking like a spaceship. And, you know, the inside is is still, you know, fairly modern and in good shape. I don't know why there's even talk about, you know, like having to redo that stadium or build another one. I mean, it's perfectly fine for the usage that you use out of it, you know, 10 times a year. Well, from talking, in fact, I talked to my best friend back home, and one of the big concerns about Soldier Field the last several years has been the parking down there is just horrible. Right. Uh, kind of like, uh, you know, that's one of the problems and the complaints about Allegiant Stadium is that there's not really significant parking. You have to park kind of away from Soldier Field. It costs a lot of money in the underground parking places and the different places there. And it's not necessarily so bad getting in, but getting out is an absolute nightmare. So I know that's one of the concerns. I also think that the Bears feel that they're not getting a, you know, a fair shake and a, and a good enough deal on that from them. So it probably is political posturing and, and that kind of stuff. We see it in sports all the time. You know, I, I mean, I guess on the bright side for Chicago Bears fans, you know, they're not talking about leaving the city or something like that. That would be devastating. But, I mean, for me, where I grew up in that, Arlington Heights would be a lot better for where my friends are because – they're in the suburbs more, but uh, I, I, I still don't think that this is, you know, it's not close to a done deal yet. Could it happen? Yes. Will they do something with Arlington Park? Obviously, they bought the property, but I heard that, uh, you know, again, from talking to a couple of people back there yesterday, there's a lot of people that think that, and the Bears have even said it, there's a chance that they might build a practice facility out there in Arlington Heights and then still keep Soldier Field. But we have years and years to go before final decisions are made. Yeah, but the key point is, is like what you said, is that the Bears actually purchased the site. And that's one thing. Is it not like talking about doing it and possibly let's go on these site surveys and look at you know some options here. I mean, they have invested money into that site, so they're going to do something with it. Now, oh, for sure. Yeah, and totally you're, agree. It's a great. It's a great point about having a practice facility there and having your headquarters there instead of you know Lake Forest. But then again, I, I don't know. You've probably been to Lake Forest a lot more than I have to see what their facilities are like there. Does that need to upgrade? Is you know what is that like? And you know proximity wise, I mean, I guess it'd probably be the same. Uh, you know, for you know what they're doing in proximity to Soldier Field and everything, but you know everybody just wants the new shiny toy, and they want shopping around it. They want restaurants. They want to have all of these things, you know, going around it. And we we've seen that here in Vegas. Uh, you know, with the A's, you know, they're talking about well, we don't want to be on the outskirts. We don't want to be in Henderson. You know, we want to be you know on the Strip, and then we want you know adjacent facilities. That's one of the big things the A's are looking for. We want T-Mobile. We want Allegiant Stadium, or even better than Allegiant Stadium. They want to have you know restaurants or nightclubs or movie theaters and things that can be in walking distance. And you know we saw the area where Jerry Jones you know built his big old stadium there. That now that's turning into kind of a little city of its own. And SoFi Stadium is doing that as well. I mean, think about it. SoFi Stadium is right in the heart of Inglewood, and you had the form there, and that's dilapidated now, but. Inglewood is starting to look like nothing we've ever seen Inglewood, California, look like in the past. Well, yeah, and, I mean, you bring up some good points. There. I mean, they did it in San Fran with their park. They did it in Petco down there. So, yeah, it, you know, it, it used to be – it's kind of funny that you mention it because, like, when the White Sox rebuilt their stadium 
or when the the Bulls and Blackhawks redid their stuff. They're still in really bad neighborhoods because the land was cheap, but that's not necessarily that works anymore. I think they look at how we're talking about big picture type scenarios, and you look at something like that, and it's like, yeah, okay, well, if we take a little bit nicer area where people are already comfortable coming to, and we build even more nice stuff around it, you know, the people will come even more. So from that aspect, it certainly makes sense. And, you know, Arlington Park, now, I've been out of Chicago for 30 years, so, you know, I haven't been there in a while. But um, it, it was always a nice area. You know, it's an affluent area. It's a nice suburb in that. Obviously, you know that people already come out there because they came up for the for the horse racing. If they're going to come up for that, they'll certainly come up for football. So it's certainly a viable option and a possibility. Like I say, I don't know what's going to happen, but you're right. I mean, they did purchase the land. They're going to do something with it. I can't see just having a practice facility there. It seems like an awful lot of money because I'm sure that land wasn't cheap, but uh, I don't know how it's going to play out. If I lived back there, again, I would like Arlington Park better than Soldier Field because as much as I enjoyed going to Soldier Field all the years that I was back there, it is kind of a pain of a butt to get there, you know? I mean, you have to go through the city of Chicago. You, you know, you have to go down Lakeshore Drive and get there. It's right by the Field Museum. The parking isn't that great, you know? It's so there's a lot of things. And quite honestly, when you get into Chicago with all the taxes and surcharges and gas prices and everything else, I could see advantages to not being in Chicago. But uh, we'll see how it plays out right now. The Bears are still going to meet Chicago. To be honest with you, TC, I just wish they would get a damn decent team on the field. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> and I think eventually they're going to end up there. And like you said, the NFL doesn't like uh, teams breaking their leases. And like you said, you know, 2033. So they got plenty of time to do this. I think eventually they're going to end up there. We just don't know when. And you're right. And as far as the, you know, Matt Nagy talking about Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, they all have a shot to play. Then Nagy said yesterday, he goes, well, right now, if Andy Dalton is healthy enough to play, he's our number one, Justin Fields our number two, and Nick Foles is number three. So here we go with the merry-go-round again, and uh, there should be some prop bets up on the board right now how long Matt Nagy's going to keep his job. Well, there should also be some prop bets on there of how long the offensive line is going to keep their job because I don't care if it's Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, or the right. Flash. You can't you can't avoid every rusher that's coming in on the Bears there. I mean, their offensive line is terrible, and Justin Fields, he, you know, he might become a good NFL quarterback. He cannot pick up defensive schemes and blitzes and things like that. He's not ready to start in the NFL yet. Period. And if they don't want him on the at the injured list, they need to let Andy Dalton or somebody else play a little bit because. You've got to be able to read a defense in the NFL. And we talked about it in the preseason, TC. The first game when he came out and he said, oh, the speed of the NFL, it's not what I thought it was. He gave bulletin board material to everybody out yep. there because he's young, he's overconfident, he's cocky. Yeah, they weren't that fast because you were playing third and fourth stringers, son. <laughs> Yeah, and the latest uh, out of Bears practice today is Andy Dalton still not 100%. Justin Fields was a full go and got most of the reps in practice today. So, yeah, maybe game-time decision with that. All right, my friend, we appreciate Bring back uh, Trubisky. Yeah, they're, they're, you'd like that, would you? <laughs> what are you talking about? Bring back Bob Avellini. Bob Avellini would be better. Or something, you know, Jack Kincannon back in the days. I'm, I mean, we're showing Do you know age. what people used to call Bob Avellini, the Bears fans? <laughs> What's that? 
They call them Bob Awfulini, so I don't think that's going to be the quarterback they bring back. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, my friend. Well, I mean, at, least, at least Bobby Douglas should throw the ball 100 miles an hour. The he also made it all the way up to AAA for the White Sox. That's so, right. you know, he you just never knew where the ball was going. It might go to the receiver or it might go into the 12th row. Bobby Douglas, number ten in your scorecard, the lefty. I like that. All right, man. And and he and he used to wear a helmet too big for him, right. so that it would fall off intentionally because he said he had better vision that way. <laughs> All right, man. Give the nurses our best. Next time we have you on, uh, we'll get a nurse and patient update as well too. But we'll focus more on the nurses. How's that? See, you know, if the show was earlier today, the student nurses were in again because oh. they come in quite frequently. So, uh, so yeah, be, be, you know, because the student nurses are here and they're teaching them all around. So the crowds, are, the, the hallways are quite crowded. That's why, that's why I get my steps in at like four o'clock in the morning. All right, watch out! He's got the yellow socks on. You know, he's not a risk to fall though, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, he's wearing the yellow socks. There you go. <laughs> Just. <laughs> The only socks in here that'll fit my swollen feet, my friend. There you go. And just keep that, keep the backside of that robe, all right, tied up. Because I know you're walking around, you're seeing people with that thing just hanging out, you know, ballooning like a parachute. We can't have that with you, okay? Dude, I got news for you. As much <laughs> as I've been folks and prodded here, I don't give a damn who sees what anymore. <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you, Frank. Again, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you very, very soon. Get Hopefully get up and see you real soon here. And uh, we're thinking about you. You sound great, man. Keep on keeping on, brother. All right. When you see Double B tomorrow, tell him to bring me a tomahawk steak in his room. <laughs> there the you go. The not bad, but it ain't great. You know, <laughs> we might be able to arrange that. There you go. As long as there's a Coca-Cola to go with it, right? There you go. Yeah, you know, my taste buds have changed. Coke tastes flat to me these days. Bad things wow. are happening in my body. Write that. Record that right there, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. That's good. All right, man, here's your song. We'll let, let, the, let the animals take us out. Ballpark Frank in the hospital. Take care, brother. Miss you. All right, Eric Burden. Rock it out, baby. When we come back, Timmy B's going to join us. Tim Brando, live from College Park, Maryland. We'll talk Big Ten and a whole lot more college football next. Hey, this is Robert De Niro, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. It's good. All right, we get ready for another big college football weekend, the NFL on Sunday and Monday. Of course, those Raiders playing Monday night against the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. But right now, you know where we're going? We're going to one of my favorite spots, College Park, Maryland, where my man, Timmy B., We'll be on the call tomorrow night for Fox Sports 1, FS1 on the call for a Big Ten matchup, a battle of undefeateds between the Maryland Terrapins and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Timmy Brando with us right now. Tim, what is happening, my man? Uh, TC, Timmy V is happy to be with you. Uh, and as our friend uh, there in the desert, Brent Musburger, would say, those Hawkeyes... <laughs> Exactly. Our number five in the country. I don't know that. I don't. I don't know that Brett ever said hawk. I don't know that it was never hawk. It was hawk. It was like he was hawking a loogie. You're you know, right, hawk guy. Yeah. Um, what is that? Is that so that, they that, play that, the they play the Terps, and and you're right. The Maryland should be ranked. I mean, I don't know how the AP has teams like Auburn and Clemson in there, and 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 Maryland not. I mean, they've played uh, at a very high level. They're getting better. 
this, though, I think will be a coming-out party of sorts for them. They had a chance a couple of years ago with a similar set of circumstances, and Penn State came in here and waylaid them. But the difference this time is that they, they have a guy named uh, Tonga Vailoa at quarterback. Uh, Talia, uh, the brother of Tua, is the goods. I mean, he's got it all, and they've got some tremendous skill people and an offensive scheme that will really give a test to Iowa. The Hawkeyes' defense is their calling card. Uh, they are tremendous. They return 9 of 11 starters on that side of the ball. And uh, as good as they are, and they are fantastic, they are number four. They're number three in the country in scoring defense, I still believe this, this Maryland team is going to put pressure points on them that to this point in the season Iowa simply has not faced. And Iowa's number five. Right. And arguably the top team in the Big Ten. No doubt. Okay. I mean, other than Penn State, I don't know who you'd, you'd, you'd suggest is as good as Iowa. Penn State has a case, but nobody else, really. So this is going to be a fun game. And frankly, if it were on Saturday, with all the great games on Saturday, this game could kind of get lost in the, you know, in the muckety-muck of, of five or six other great games. On Friday night, this is the game. So... If you love college football, you're going to be watching this game. Tim, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. How do you feel about Friday night football? Because I know that college football it. do you because I know college football yeah, I do. always wanted to stay away from that. They kind of felt like, you know, okay, hey, that's that's uh, that's high school night high school and we don't, night. Want, yeah, we don't so. want to do that. But we're seeing more and more of this and uh, yeah, give well, me your thoughts. Well, I think I think for games like this, for instance, Maryland is a team that very few people know that much about because their games uh, traditionally are not going to be aired uh, as big-time games in windows, television windows that are exclusive. And this is an exclusive window, okay? Uh, This is national cable and a chance for you to have four, five, six million homes watching your game. Whereas if you're on on Saturdays, you're on the Big Ten Network, and you may not even be on all the Big Ten Network. It could be... To, you know, to like a third of the Big Ten Network, which was the case last week uh, when they played that non-conference game with Kent, uh, with Kent State. So I think that's part of it. I think it enables teams that are looking to, you know, grab the, the attention of the pundits that ordinarily just don't pay attention unless it's a brand name. And so the only way Maryland is going to get on, for instance, a big noon game on Fox, is if they're playing at Ohio State, okay, uh, or if they're playing at Michigan, you know, some other big brand. That's the only way they get on. This is a way for them to get on television uh, on a Friday night when really a lot of eyeballs are, are tuning in. Certainly, the betting public is watching. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I understand that the I understand that the, the, the you know listen. I love high school football and Friday night lights as much as anybody. And people that have their own kids playing high school ball are simply not going to be there to watch. But those are minimal numbers, really, when you think about it. And not every uh, Friday night in every part of our country is about high school football. It is in Texas. It is in Ohio. It is in a lot of states, in the the Sun Belt, uh, as well as the Rust Belt. But there are parts of the country where Friday night is, is no big deal except to go out and party. So if you love football and you want to be entertained, I think I think Friday night has its place. Now, you're never going to get uh, the big-time programs, the brand names, to play home games on Fridays. You're just not. But if you go into the Big Ten and you get a Maryland to play an Iowa, 
okay, which Iowa is a little bit of a known commodity. Kirk Ferentz has been there a while. They've played for and won Big Ten championships. They've gone to the BCS and gone to the college football playoff. They've they've had opportunities, so people are aware of them. But Maryland is one of those programs with uh, with Mike Loxley that's trying to develop something, and every league has one of those kinds of teams. You know, I mean, really, every league has a team that falls into that category. Uh, the ACC's done a little bit of this. The Big Ten thought when they started putting together their television contract with us at Fox that they needed to do it. A lot of the programs within the Big Ten said, no, 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 we can't do that. You know, we're not doing that in Ohio. We're not doing that in Michigan. And I get that. I mean, I do. But in places like Maryland, uh, it, it's, it's a difference maker for them. I mean, it really is. They're going to have far more viewers of this game than they would have had had they played on Saturday. All right, both teams 4-0, and both the top of the Big Ten right now. Iowa-Maryland tomorrow night, FS1, 5 o'clock here on the West Coast, and Timmy B will be on the call. Who's your tag team partner for this? Who we got? Spencer. Oh, Spencer Tillman. Yeah. We've been good. together for 23 in the exactly. last 24 yeah, years. Okay. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you don't, you don't mess with chemistry there. That's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to love it. Hey, uh, so, Tim, more importantly, how – how much? How much time did you spend practicing Tonga Viola? How many times? Because I have, I've just always stayed away, you know, with Tua. And now there's, a, and now we have another one, you know, in Maryland. Like you said, I mean, we're being taken over by Tonga Violas. Yeah, well, these 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 Polynesian and kids from Hawaii, uh, you know, are they're making a difference. Uh, they're they're dot throughout the West Coast. I mean, you're going to have a lot of, you know, American Samoa and Polynesians playing in places like Utah and Oregon, you know, and, and throughout the Pac-12. But when Tonga Vailoa, when Tua came to Alabama, it was like, oh, my gosh, now you're going to see these types of players coming from across the pond in Hawaii and um, and, and playing at big-time programs on the East Coast. Um, I, you know, once the game gets started, you know, his first name is is spelled T-A-U-L-I-A, but it's it's pronounced ta Leah. So that the coaches refer to him as Leah uh, in, 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 in normal conversations. So uh, I think once the game gets started, uh, you know, when, he, when, he's, when he's making every throw, I think I may just go Leah. You got to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, for, just, to, just, to, just to accommodate it with as few uh, syllables as possible so I can get to where you know, if, I, if I say Tonga Vailoa every time. Right. The ball might be caught by the receiver before I finished his name, you know. <laughs> uh, Tim, and not to be confused now with your your song that we brought you on here to today, Leah should not be confused with Layla. Let's remember that. Exactly. There you go. There is a difference. There yeah. it is. There's, there's Timmy B. See, see, we always go music with Timmy B. You had to play this one back in the day in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh my yeah, friend. I love I love saying Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. The thing about um, <laughs> the, the thing about uh, he played with Cream. Yes. Yeah, we you know when you get to Clapton, you can you know Clapton was like um, you know to guitar playing. Uh, he was uh, like Paul Rogers was to being a front man. Right. Paul Rogers was with Free. He was with Bad Company. He, he he replaced for a while Freddie Mercury after he passed uh, with Queen. I mean, Paul Rogers is just a badass yeah. frontman, right? Okay, well, you can make the same case I think about uh, Clapton. He was just a badass guitar man. Hell, even the Beatles. George Harrison gave him 
some material, and then he stole George Harrison's wife for Christ's sake. <laughs> exactly, this is true. I mean, I mean, I mean, he was America's guest, and then some. Clapton. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do you get that? That will not be on the college football broadcast. No, no I, there yeah, it is. That's, right, that's, yeah. that's, that's it. That's that's Timmy B from his seventies DJ period. There's yeah. it. You know, you know, Timmy B could have filled in for Dick Clark on any given Saturday in American Bandstand. There you go. Remember that. Wouldn't have skipped the beat. You're right. <laughs> I love it. All right, Tim, you've, like you said, been doing this for such a long time. You and Spencer Tillman, you're 23 years. Then you've done the basketball side. But I'm going to uh, refrain this question just to the football right. side, okay? Favorite, okay? favorite campus of all time for you that you just oh my God. You love going to? Campus and, and now save the stadium. I'm going to save the stadium for uh, you know round two here, but well, just campus well, wise right the, now. The campus is the campus is Ole Miss, the Grove. Really? Okay. The, the oh God, yes. If you've never been to the Grove at Ole Miss, you you you, you would want to spend a Saturday pregame in the Grove at Ole Miss, and, and if you didn't go to the game, it wouldn't be a big deal. Tim, I, I've only game, been to Biloxi, so I wouldn't know. No, <laughs> no Oxford is well. That's. That's the southern side of the state. You got to go up north near Memphis to to get to to Oxford. Well, but I just went, I that, went to Biloxi just because the casino was there back in the day. That's the only reason yeah, I went. But, so there you go. The campus anyway, is yeah. uh, the campus is just gorgeous, and uh, and if you're with your wife or you're with your significant other, make sure you got some serious Ray Bans that are big on because if you don't. Your eyes are going to be dangling around, and you don't want her to see where your eyes are going. Who would have thought there? So so now we know why Lane Kiffin ended up there. That's why Lane ended up there, huh? Yeah. The view is um, it's off the charts, yes. I mean, there's there's an old saying about, um, and this goes back like 60 years at Ole Miss, because Marianne Mobley, uh, I think it was she was the 1960. I think that's right. 1960 Miss America. They they had so many beauty pageant winners on the campus at Ole Miss that the old saying was Bear Bryant actually uh, was, you know, myth has it. I'm not sure if he actually said it, but the myth has always been the saying. It's part of folklore in the South. Uh, Bear would say, um, you know, you know, they they uh, they, they redshirt Miss America's at Ole Miss. <laughs> That's how many. That's how many gorgeous women they have at Ole Miss. Look at that. They, red, they redshirt their Miss Americas at Ole Miss. So. He's got the Bear Bryant voice <laughs> and the drawl down. I mean, outstanding. Yeah. Tim Brando joins us. All right, favorite stadium, favorite football stadium. Well, uh, you know, again, I'm going to keep it in the South. That's cool. Afraid. That's fine. Let, let me let me go. Let me go. Can I go top five? Can sure. I count it down? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's count down. Number five. Drummer, can we get a drum roll, please? All right. There we go. No, number five. Number five. Mikey Stadium at West Point. You got to see wow. a game wow. for the Army. You know, you never see Army play Navy because that game's always in Philly or Baltimore or New York. But you got to spend a fall afternoon at West Point at Mikey Stadium. Okay. It's it's just gorgeous. Now I've it's, driven it's bu- undervalued big time. I, I, right, number four. A whole lot. Number four. Okay. You ready for number four? Yeah, bring on number four. Number four. The old horseshoe of the banks of the Olentangy, Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. You gotta you, you gotta go to a game at Ohio State. Uh, All right. Number number three. You ready for number three? We're ready for number three. Number three, Tennessee. Volunteers, Vol Navy, the 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 fall colors, 
it's just unbelievable. People are, you know, coming up in their yachts. It's just you, you gotta you gotta go there. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Number two, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Ah, uh, there you gotta, go. Gotta, you gotta go. Now you gotta go to the now. Now I'm saying not just the Rose Bowl game, which which is you know in, a, in and of itself an unbelievable place, but. The other thing that's great about it is if you're there just for a regular season game in the Pac-12, it's just gorgeous. You know, when the sun is setting over the San Gabriels, it's just majestic. And you're saying to yourself, oh, my God, you know, i got to be there. And number one. Wait, can, can I take a guess, Tim? Let me take a guess. What? Let me, can I take a guess before you deliver number one? <laughs> Let me take a guess. I'm going to say... He's going to stick yeah. in the South, and I got one of two places on my mind. I think Timmy B is going to come with Death Valley or Death Valley. I think you're going to go to one of the Death Valleys, Clemson or LSU. Yes, the Fighting Tigers of LSU See, I knew on it. a Saturday night. It never rains in Tiger Stadium on Saturday night, and if it does, you're so drunk you forgot. Not like Albert Hammond once said, it never rains in, in, in Baton Rouge. You like, he got but that. You, I mean, Very it, few it, people would get that die, one. Yeah, before you die, you got to see a, an SEC game on Saturday night. You just have to. There it is. Yeah. I know somebody there. I know Tim Brando would get me tickets. I think he can get me inside there. There you go. And they still. Get hot boudin. Hot boudin. Cold koosh koosh. Come on, Tigers. Poosh, poosh, poosh. And they still got a version of, of uh, like the H goalpost, kind of the semi modern version where they have, you know, the, the, the both ends on the, on the bottom of their there. You know what I'm saying? I always remember that yeah, about LSU. Used to, they used to, but they tore them down after they beat Florida in 96. <laughs> then they went modern after that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Timmy B, where else can you get that? His top five college stadiums, and you can't argue with that at all. All right. And you didn't put South Bend on there, which, you know, for me is, is, is new uh, no-no. But, you know. Well, no. For, well, here's the deal. They, they would be top ten. They'd be top ten. Yeah. But, but I will tell you that uh, uh, South uh, Notre Dame, it, again, it's more of the aura. It's yes, the you're right. Right. I mean, uh, you know, and and then when they here's the problem with Notre Dame, when they they took all that television money from NBC, all right, and they built the upper decks, you can't see Touchdown Jesus anymore. Mm -hmm. It's obliterated. Yes. So to me, when I was there, the last time I did a game uh, at Notre Dame Stadium, last time anybody did a game at Notre Dame Stadium before (laughs) NBC got the contract was uh, in 1989. I did the pit. Notre Dame game with uh, Vince Dooley, I was, uh, God, I was just a kid. I was 33 years old. I had had no idea how much fun I was going to have, but I was just gaga because I was up in the booth, and the booth, by the way, was just awful. It was very small, very small, Um, and, and, uh, but, but still being able to call a game there and thinking of Rockney and thinking of Leahy and, you know, and all the history there. And Holtz was coaching at that time, and they had just come off a national title the year before beating West Virginia in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, seeing touchdown Jesus as they're playing the victory march and the Irish come on the field, I mean, it was just majestic. I loved it. But now when you go there, if you're in the stands, you can't see touchdown Jesus. The players, see, I think touchdown Jesus intimidated the hell out of every opponent that ever went in there. It was like, I thought Bino Cook, God rest his soul, I think had the greatest line of all time. If, 
I mean, this week, by the way, Cincinnati is coming in a two and a half point favorite. Yes, right? got to hear. Bino yeah. would always say, "If Notre Dame gets the points, take them." <laughs> it's it's a sin for for anybody in Vegas to put Notre Dame as a as an underdog at home. Are you blanking kidding me? For Christ's sake, they've got the best home field since the Kremlin. <laughs> and that's, that's like word for word. That's like verbatim. And you always say, no, trud dame, just like that. And I'll tell you this, Tim. One of the best things about Notre Dame, if you go in, if you're still outside about you know 45 minutes before kickoff, the band, yeah. they roll right by the library, touchdown Jesus there, right. and they'll play out there, yeah. and they'll roll through. That is outstanding. That is phenomenal. But they still have not replaced uh, the bleachers there. I still got splinters no. when I was there like five, six years ago because yeah. they yeah. haven't upgraded that. I mean, they got if some nice you, foo-foo seats want... for the boosters, but the, the yeah. student section, they're still getting splinters, man. Yeah, if you, if you watch the movie Rudy, okay, that's the stadium I remember. Yes. That's the stadium I called my game. Right, right, right. But now, you know, they took all this NBC Peacock money, and, you know, they in, in upgrading it, they took away a lot of its um, of its romance. You know, they really did. And, I, I look, I'm happy that Tarico and those guys have more room in the press box, but, <laughs> you know, it's just not the same. <laughs> it's just not the same as far as I'm concerned. And I think, you know, some notables that I left out, I left out Michigan. Yeah. You know, the big house is special. I mean, it's absolutely special. And 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 I got chills when they had the little brown jug there, a game there, and I went in for the first time. Altson Stadium would be in my top ten. Probably the best home field of any school in the Pac-12 would be Altson for Oregon. That place, even though it only seats about 54,000 people, it's almost an SEC environment. Probably the loudest environment uh, for a home field for, for anybody in the Pac-12. And it certainly has served the Ducks well in, in recent years. And, uh, you know, I think probably in the SEC, if you mention Tennessee and, and LSU, people will say, well, what about Alabama? Well, no, I'm sorry. Alabama is supposed to be good. And their fans are like a berries and cream crowd unless they're playing somebody that they're scared of. Right. Okay. I mean, and they're not scared of anybody anymore. Uh, and I think probably uh, between the hedges, or as, as it was once said by Lynn Swan behind the bushes, and Keith Jackson had to replace him, he said, Oh, Swanny, no, it's not behind the bushes, it's between the hedges. <laughs> Uh, Georgia would probably be my next uh, okay. my next bet in the SEC. They'd be number three in the league. There it is. And uh, in a slight to Madison, Wisconsin, with Bucky Badger and Tim, we know that you would be well, fantastic no, 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 with no, a jump around at the end of the Camp third quarter. Randall, yeah, Camp Camp, Rand- Camp Randall yeah. would be number ten. There you, you go. Said, there you go. Give me ten. Camp Randall's number ten. There no you question. go. Yeah, I love Camp Randall, and I know you'd be great with a jump around as well too. Are you kidding? Yeah, I know. It's yeah, I'm unbelievable with the jump around. It's just the things you see around me after I've jumped around. <laughs> exactly. Here's what we learned about Tim Brander today, ladies and gentlemen, that he uh, wears the dark glasses and he goes on the campus of Ole Miss because he's looking at the, the former Miss America pageantry there. And well, which, by the way, my, which, by the way, my daughter was once a co-ed there, so I have to be both. Okay. Right. There you go, brother. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Hey, enjoy the call tomorrow night. I'll be watching. I'll have some action on that game tomorrow. Iowa and uh, in Maryland. And then, uh, like you said, a lot of great college football coming your way on Saturday. All right, brother. Be good. Enjoy the food. All right? 
And uh, uh, always, CC. There you go, brother. I appreciate Crab you. Crab cakes are us. Crab cakes are us. There it is. All right. Fear the turtle, or whatever they say there. Right. That's right. Fear the turtle. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right, my man. There it is. That's Timmy B. Tim Brando, Fox Sports. Tomorrow he's on the call. The Battle of the Undefeateds. Maryland and Iowa coming your way on Fox Sports 1, 5 o'clock Pacific. We'll check all that out. All right? More in store around your door. More of what you're looking for right here on a Thunderous Thursday edition. Aces in action tonight. Michelob Ultra Arena. Looking forward to that. Scott Sprites is going to join us next hour. And making his way down the aisle right now, the one, the only, D-Lo Brown. Coming up next, T.C. Martin on a thunderous Thursday. Get in here. I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Stay on the right. Stay on the right. The big dogs. Stay on the board. Live. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis. Prognosis. Osmosis. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Hour number two, glad to have you here. T.C. Martin with you on this Thunderous Thursday edition. Appreciate Tim Brando for joining us. Uh, Always good talking with Timmy B. You never know where the conversation is going to go, whether it's football, basketball, music, the old school, of course. And uh, this hour, Scott Sprites is going to join us. We start handicapping this weekend. All right. And our next guest, we may get him in our best bet segment as well, too, because I think he knows a thing or two about handicapping football. He knows a lot about a lot. And we're talking about D-Lo Brown. He is in the house joining us now. And, of course, how can you not remember D-Lo Brown from his days back in the WWE, six-plus years there, the Intercontinental Champion, the former European champion. Wait, I got a problem with this. What, European champion. WWE is in Hartford, Connecticut. D-Lo, there's no, should not even be a European champion. You got it not once, not twice, not three times the lady like Lionel Richie, but four times. What the heck is that? I got to represent the entire world. There's a whole other continent in North, in your Northern Hemisphere. So we got to represent everybody. I'm the greatest European champ of all time. How's your German? Let's hear some. No, bro, no, no, no. I can't, I can't break it <laughs> Come out Come on, here. bro. Give me some bro, French. Bro, 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 bro. <laughs> See, we had a failure to communicate here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we have. I feel you. That's it. Oh, man. I take the nation of domination uh, over to Italy. It went, uh, You're damn right. Wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll wreck shop in, in Milan. Come on, bro. <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, what is happening, brother? Man, I'm doing great, man. Uh, out here representing Impact Wrestling and, yeah. and and loving the Vegas life. Been out here for a few years, so uh, I'm a Las Vegan. We just figured that out in the break. I'm a Las Vegan. You're a local now, I'm man. a local now. You know, it's so funny because going back in the day, and I'm going to show a little bit of my age and stuff, but you know, back when I was doing my thing and promoting and bringing these wrestlers in, nobody was from here. Nice. I had to spend a ton of money flying everybody in, and it's so funny now half of that roster that worked for me, they're living here now. You know, I, I moved to Las Vegas, and I hate to say this, but none of the boys live here. Right. You know, it was like there was like three people. You right. know, Godfather was here, yeah. a couple local promoters, right? Yeah. I moved here within six months. <laughs> I got Jake the Snake living right? here, and Greg Valentine right? living here, and Mox is living here, mm-hmm. and Brian Cage is living mm-hmm. here, and it's like... 
God, guys, leave me alone. I left Florida. You're the one that did it. We, I, got, we got you to I'm blame. Like, I'm like a magnet. I brought it back, I brought yeah. it back from Florida and California, and we all met here in Vegas. There it is. There it is. See? That's it. And, and it's funny, too, because when I first moved back here in, in 2015, I had no idea that, it, that Jake and Hammer and those guys yeah. were here. And like I said, you know, going back in the day and all that fun. But, uh, yeah, there's so many guys. I mean, Sabu's here, RVD. And, you know, uh, they, you know, they Oscar come... lives here as well. Yeah, that's right. I so, mean, this right. city is full of, yeah. now, of wrestling talent. This has become the old Florida, the old Tampa, Florida. It is the old really? Tampa area. Right? All the boys you know live in Tampa. And, and, right. Okay, there's two common things. Tax-free state. There you go. Quote, quote. Sure. That helps out. <laughs> Bingo. Um, that helps out a lot. And then the weather here, some people don't like the heat, but when you're 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 beating your body up 300 days a year. This is the weather here is really good on your joints. Right. So um, it's nice to walk outside at 95 degrees and not have to mm-hmm. worry about being stiff or anything. So that's why I think a lot of the boys uh, have chosen Vegas. You were an East Coast guy, right? I was born and raised in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm an East Coast guy through and through. See, you transplant. You said well, 3,000 miles away. You coming to the good life? Yeah. I don't have to shovel snow out here, so Thank it's you. okay. I, I can I'll relate. Take it. I'll I, take it. I did that for 12 years in Green Bay, so I can relate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry for. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> D'Lo Brown in the house. Let's go back to the roots, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. How did it start for you getting in the business? Um, started off, uh, I, I left college. Uh, I was working in New York, uh, and I would drive home down the South Jersey uh, with my friends, and they were still backyard wrestling. Yeah. Um, Driving through the turnpike, huh? Yeah, going down the turnpike. <laughs> you know it well. Uh, exit 7 on the turnpike. <laughs> right. um, so we would go, we would uh I would go out and backyard wrestle with them. So and then once every couple months we would rent a ring from a guy named Larry Sharp on some Monster Factory, um, a perennial uh, enhancement talent from you know the the mid eighties. Right. No so, relation to Iron Mike. By no the way. relation to Iron Mike Sharp because Larry <laughs> Canada's greatest athlete. Canada's greatest athlete. Larry didn't have the broken arm. Right. Um. So we rented a ring one time, uh, and he you know normally he would he would get the money and just drive away because he didn't care. He got his three hundred bucks and gone. Um, one time he decided to stick around and watch. He goes, hey, you're pretty athletic. You ever uh, think about doing this for real? And I said, me? Yeah. And he goes, okay, sell 50 tickets. You can be on my next show. <laughs> right. So I sold four, bought the other 46 myself, and the rest is history. Wow. And that that, it. that's how I got my step into professional wrestling. And you, you impressed. I, I am I impressed enough. And you had 50 people screaming your name, too. No, no, I had four. You had four. The other 46 came out of my bank account. So you didn't even, like, give them to people. No, I just bought the tickets <laughs> and gave them the money. There it is. I'm invested in myself here. I thought you okay. I was going with, okay, he bought him. And here you go. Boom. No. Grandma, auntie, come on. Here you go. He didn't care if they showed up or not. He just wanted the, the $460. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. So let's talk about, then you went into the WWE. You went to WWE. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. The Nation of Domination, which yes. everybody uh, remembers you from. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. How did that start? Because that actually didn't start in the WWE. That started no. what, what uh, U.S. Uh, it, was original, it was the first version was USWA. Right. Where they tried yeah. it out a little bit. Right. Okay. Um, and then the Nation came into the WWF at the time in late 96. Mm-hmm. I joined. I still appreciate the F, by the way. I, I, I'm old school. I do so. too. I want yeah. the F back in. There you go. Um, uh, <laughs> boom. I joined uh, January of 97, and that came about because um, I had a connection with Cornette and Jim Ross through Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when an opportunity presented itself to have this guy who could just basically get beat up, they go, oh, we got a guy, D'Lo. Take a bump, D'Lo. So D'Lo went and. D'Lo the jobber. D'Lo the jobber. <laughs> and the, for my first appearance was getting. there. 
That was no my, foot, no foot on the rope, bro. That was my theme music forever. <laughs> <one's two three. laughs> um, uh, and so uh, that was that first night in where I took that pro pledge from Ahmed Johnson on top of the Lincoln, and Vince loved me after that point. And you know, once you make Vince happy, that's the, that's kind of all you have to do. Right, right. How did you like uh, working with him for all that time, Vince? Yeah. Um, you know what? You can tell like it is. He is what he is. Yeah. I mean, he's a businessman. He'll never ask you to do anything that he's not willing to do himself. And at the end of the day, it's all about his bottom line. Right. Now, um, do, do you get, you know, you think it's family? or it, it, No, not really. Do you think he's a great fan man? Or, you know, he's a, he's a businessman. That's all he does. He's about making money and putting stars on TV to make more money. And that's pretty much it. And as long as you accept that and understand that, life is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You're know, doing that gimmick and everything. How much heat did you get Uh just not from fans, but from people in the business as well, too. I think the people in the, the boys in the business just looked at it and laughed, and they were right. like, I can't believe you guys are doing this and getting away with this. This is awesome. Keep right. doing it. Because right. the boys, we like messing with the real world. Mm-hmm. We like messing with the outside world. So when you get a, a, a gimmick that really gets under people's, you know, under people's skin, everyone gets behind it and just enjoys it. So it's it's kind of like let's collectively watch everyone right. everyone you know shiver and, and get in the corner and what the hell are you doing? So the boys loved it. But from a fan's perspective, now, fans' perspective, yeah, they, I'm sure they you got want, some stories for oh, us. Oh, they wanted to kill us. Yeah. They wanted to kill us, and and it was because you know you, you pretty much have a group of you have a group of, of black guys telling white people how bad they are. Right. So it's not what you're used to on national TV. So, um, yeah, you, you heard it at home, at home in the streets. And, you know, the, I lived in Florida at times, so the store there called Publix, you'd hear it. I would walk in Publix and be like, oh, yeah, nation, they're not here to protect you now. That kind of stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, that lets you know you're connecting to people. Yes. Because I'd rather have somebody say it to me in the supermarket than say nothing at all. Right. So it was okay. And anybody that, that probably knows you too, they probably say, "What well, that that's you? That's the, I mean, again, talk about you know being an actor, turning it on, turning it off, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I mean, that uh, th- that that's funny. Anyone who knows me, my and I use the term real life. Anyone who right. knows me outside the ring, right. and then saw me on TV, could not believe that was the same individual. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's not you. Yeah. It's not me, but that's what I'm paid to do. Right. You don't so talk it, like that. It, it, is, it is me when I'm on TV and don't tell anybody anything different. When the red light goes on. Here you go. Red light means green. There, there, there you go. There it is. Well, you know, back in the day, you know, when you cut yourself, yeah. red means green. Red means green. There you go. So, all right. All right. D'Lo Brown uh, in the house. Uh, famous for the head shake as well. Yes. Now, you know, I'm a Northern California guy, so you know where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. You know, Merton Hanks, yep. 49ers, DB, 36. Yes, there it is. Sir. Is that where you got it, or, is... it or did you get it from Friday, or where did you get it from? It is actually a combo. Com- it's a combination of Friday, Chris Tucker, you and Merton Hanks. Then that's what the scene where it came from, because I could do it right over top of Debo standing over there. But um, See, Merton gave him more of the chicken, though. And you that's, know, where, the, saying? that's yeah. where the strut came in. Okay. So gotcha. the strut down to the ring was Merton Hanks. That's right. all Merton Hanks. And if you look at that and look at Merton Hanks, you go, oh, I see it. Now, wait a minute. You're a Jersey guy, probably Jets-Giants guy. I don't know. Maybe you've got your peg for Steelers. What are you knowing about the 49ers back in the day, Merton Hanks? Okay, so back in the day, full right. disclosure, right. like, okay, now we can see any NFL game. We can see any game on the planet. But back in the day, you got your one local game. Right. And then you got your 4 o'clock game. My 4 o'clock game was always a West Coast game. Nine times out of ten, the 49ers were good. True. So we always got a Niner game or a Cowboy game. Mm-hmm. Or if the Niners, by God, would play the Cowboys, the East Coast would go crazy. Right. So – I, I saw the 49ers as much as I saw 
the Eagles or the Jets or the Giants because they were always the afternoon game. So Merton Hanks was was a was balling out back then. <laughs> so that was an impressionable thing, yeah. you know, on a young, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where it all came from. When you ever toured, did you ever get a chance to meet him? No. I, I've, I've come close once. Okay. But You never... want me to hook it up for you? Bro, if you can get me with Merton Hanks, I would like to okay. go. Thank you for the inspiration. Okay, we could do that. All right, let's, let's do that. I'm, I'm good. All right. I'm good. D-Lo and Merton. There we go. Okay. I'm good And then, and then we could have, like, the, uh, the head bob off. How's that? Well, that... he'd win. He's got the, uh, he's got the, um, the patent on that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, you know, obviously the um, Vice Network with the Dark Side of the Ring story mm-hmm. yes. is, is, you know, that's been going on now for a, a few years with mm-hmm. a lot of seasons. Are you a fan of what they're doing there as far as kind of telling these dark side about the business? A uh, fan or not a fan of this? Uh, I kind of like because, you know, the, you've got these stories that have been floating out in the, you know, in the ethos there of wrestling lore. So it's nice to get a little insight um, mm-hmm. on some of these stories and actually hear, instead of it being just, you know, um, folklore, let's get some, let's put some legitimacy to it. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the work they're doing. All right. Um, Plane Ride from Hell. Oh, God. You get a chance to see that. Uh, I have not seen it yet, but I've heard tremendous, like I've heard a lot about now, it. Now, were you involved? I mean, you were, you were it, around that time. You were, yes. you were, you were there. Were you on the plane ride, D-Lo? Fortunately for me, I was not on the plane ride from hell. I was off that tour. So for me, I'm, I consider myself one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I will just put it like that. I consider myself one of the lucky ones that I wasn't on that tour. So when people bring that up, is that something you just say, hey, man, that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from that, or you, you ever talk about it? I always go, guys, not my rodeo. Wasn't there. Right. Wasn't there. I can't speak on it if I wasn't there. I mean, aren't you glad you weren't there? I am you cannot imagine how glad I am I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> State of wrestling today. What do you think it is? Now, obviously, now we've got, you know, we, you've got, you know, before, you know, Vince would have the, 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 the domination, basically. Mm-hmm. And one of my proudest moments, so you know, uh, back in the day, was when Vince sent me a cease and desist. It threatened me with a lawsuit. Really? Because I brought the Ultimate Warrior. You know, out here, uh-huh. and they were feuding, and Vince said, "You cannot use the term Ultimate Warrior. You cannot use him on your shows." And I, I thought that, I was pretty proud of that. You uh, know, yeah, that's, that's a good moment uh, yeah, for you. Yeah, it was a good moment for me. There it is. But back in those days, you know, you had the independence, you had that sort of thing, you had the WCW. But now it seems like you know, then he was open to kind of playing ball with everybody, letting some of these independents go. So, where do you think this is now with Vince and the WWE and everything? Um. In terms of the state of the business right now, yeah. I, I think right now is it feels like somewhat of a renaissance of wrestling. Um, because you have these and let's take let's put WWE aside. Let's talk about the open door policy that's between AEW, Impact, New Japan, AAA. Um, when you get companies like that that are working together, willing to lend their stars to someone else's TV show, to me, Wrestling wins and the fans win. And if that's the case, then you're going to create more eyes and, and, and more viewers and more people coming up to see shows and more excitement because you get these dream matches that, you know, two years ago, no one ever thought was possible. I mean, by God, Kenny Omega was wrestling and, and was the Impact World's Champion. Now Christian Cage is the Impact World's Champion. I mean, think about that. I mean, and here's a guy who works for AEW. He's under contract with their company, yet 
he is our Impact World Champion. That says a lot right. about the state of business because that would have never happened. You couldn't even mention another company's name on TV five exactly. years ago. The Forbidden Door, right? Yeah, so you the know? Forbidden Door is wide open, open now, now. Yeah. And, and it's a free flow of, 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 of talent and, and companies going back and forth, and I love it. I think it's it's a win-win for for wrestling and for the fans, and I mean it doesn't get any better than that. Right. And you're a product of that right now with Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're an executive, yeah. right? Here it is, don't tell anybody. Pr- producer, commentator, yes. Pro- you know, what the own, probably own stake in the company. Uh, don't <laughs> come on, bro. This is Vegas. What stays here? You know, come on. Oh, that's right. That's not breaking news. There it is. Oh, by the way, RVD says. Ask D'Lo when you talk to him, why'd he fire me? I didn't <laughs> fire you! <laughs> He's listening right now, bro. Telling you. Rob, I love you. Come on, Doc. You know I almost invited you. Rob to come down. And he should have! Uh, next time. Next time. Man, I got some I didn't know. Stars. I didn't know if you guys were going to start throwing down. Well, no, I'm just I'm, playing. I'm some, playing. We, no. Sit, no, Rob, a lot of respect. He loves you. It's Vegas. We sit in the car and smoke. Of course. Wait a minute. Did yeah. I say that out loud? Oh, it's, bro. It's, I'm low-key faded, bro. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> You understand he's a sponsor of this show. Hey. RBD CBD. There we go. We can get D'Lo Brown to endorse it, too. Hey, I took my RB, RBD CBD this morning when I woke up. Since I wake up, I take a squeeze of it. Two, uh, look, ten drops under my tongue. Come on, RBD. There it is. He hooked me up with a year ago. Z- I haven't stopped using it. There you go. Exactly. So, all right. So, ne- so next time, you have to have an invitation back now. Bring, Bro. Bring I'm, RBD back in. I'm just going to drive by. You'll see me waving at the window. Yeah. Can I come in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you didn't fire him? No, I didn't. I was Well, I, I get it. It wasn't me. You were, you were on the call. Come I was on. on the call. I was on the call. There you go. But that's I'm come not, on, man. I'm, I'm not the one. That, I was on the call. I know. I know. I know you didn't. I was on the call. I love R. Yeah. I love Rob. Come on, man. I, you know, I just told him. I said, "Come on, bro. It's because you're too expensive. That's all." Bro, he's high dollar. He's exactly. He's, high dollar. he's a high rent district. Bro, pay bro. that man his money. <laughs> he, he, he's he's like a month mortgage just to drive by your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> but deserve, deservedly deserve so. it. worth every, every dollar. Look, every dollar that brother get, he's earned for every frog splash, so I ain't yeah. gonna ever complain. <laughs> Impact coming to town here October yes, the twenty third, Samstown Live. You know, we've you guys have been there uh you know numerous times the past few years and everything in a huge event, Bound for Glory mm-hmm. coming uh October the twenty third. Uh give us give us a little taste of uh, impact on October twenty third at Samstown Live. I mean, right off the top of the bat, you've got you've got Christian Cage defending the world's title uh, uh, in a match where I don't know what can happen. I don't know what the outcome will be. But when you got a guy like Josh Alexander, who is a, a perpetual wrestler, he's 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 a buzzsaw, and he's been on this tremendous role for the last you know nine months. Um, you're going to put those two guys in the ring who just both of them scream professional wrestling. Mm. And and now you're going to put him in, t- in the ring for the world's championship. I, I I cannot wait. Like I tell everybody as an announcer, I've got the best seat in the house because I get to sit <laughs> ringside. I don't got to pay for that seat. I'm sitting <laughs> ringside and I get to see the action 12 feet away from me, and that is amazing. Um, and then we're bringing you know some of the great stars. Diana Perrazzo is going to take on Mickey James. Mickey James <laughs> is going to wrestle for the. Impact Knockouts Women's Championship. I mean, that says a lot. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to October 23rd, the day after my birthday, by the way. Oh, really? Yes, sir. So, I I get a home game the day after my birthday. So, (laughs) the hangover will be okay. I don't have to get on a plane. Very nice. All right. Impact Wrestling back here in Las Vegas. Uh, 
Uh, also, you know, we're talking about the, the 23rd, and also uh, you got stuff on uh, the 24th and 25th at Samstown Lives too, right? With, yeah, we'll be we'll be right. filming uh, yep. Impact TV shows on the right. 24th, 25th. So um, come on out, be part of our national broadcast, be seen by everybody all over the world, um, and 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 just be part of the action, part of the fun. See what excitement, see what spills, thrills are going to happen. I mean, it's going to be a, a great three days, and it's it literally the first time Impact has traveled. Outside of our adopted home of of, Na- of Nashville for the first time in, since the pandemic has started, so we're looking forward to getting out into the world. We're looking out to being around our people, our fans, and just entertaining in what is the the entertainment capital of the world. All right, Impact shows the twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and you can get tickets. Tell people how they can uh, get tickets. Obviously, go to the website. Go right, to, go to yeah. impactwrestling.com right now. Um, you'd be happy to get you any kind of tickets you lead, you need. I mean, there's plenty of good seats available. It's um, a nice venue. Sam Towns Live is a great venue for it that. It is a good for those who live in the yeah. city. It's out on the east side. You may we all don't like to drive to the east side. Yes, but when you get inside, Samstown is. There are a people nice that live venue. on the east side too, D'Lo. I'm not, yeah, they live there. I'm not. They can walk there. You I'm know, not, I'm not talking to them. Yeah, you're not. No, no. They're, no, they're, they're listening. They're right already. Now. They're already coming to okay. the show. They're already going to be there. Summerlin, get out there. That's what I'm talking. Take, take bus number nine or whatever it is. I'm talking to Summerlin. I'm talking to the Highlands. Let's go. Come on. I'm talking Old Henderson. Let's drive on out to Samstown. Support Impact Wrestling. I guarantee you, if you get Impact Wrestling a shot, a chance, an opportunity, we will impress you. Right. You can do it. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and this show reaches everywhere. I mean, we're go. You know, we're we're nationwide here. And we'll, want to take a phone call or two? Let's go. Let's, do that. Let's hook you it up. You never know where they're calling from let's here, go. but there you go. So get out here to Vegas. D'Lo Brown in the house here. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, Philip, what do you got, brother? What's up, TC? What's Hi. up, D.O. Brown? Philip, what up, dog? How you doing? Good. How are you? Bro, I can't. I'm living the dream. I can't be any better. Hey, D.O., uh, man, I'm a big wrestling fan. Love WWE, TNA Impact, and AEW. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had the best fro- uh, frog splash move. And uh, was that chest protector you wore? Well, it kind of looked like a catcher's gear. Yeah. What was that that you wore? And then, like, my favorite um, my favorite theme music of you is, you're looking at the real deal now. And then when you did that head, when you did that head bob, and then um, uh, I liked when you and X-Punk, like, fought for the European Championship mm-hmm. and just wanted to say that. And I hope you could come out to Sacramento or Stockton uh, that's where I'm located. I'm in Galt, California. It's by Sacramento and Stockton. And we got real real big wrestling fans over here. And then uh, one more thing. can you, I'm one of the Special Olympics athletes. Can you give my soccer team a shout-out? I know the wrestlers, you guys are so good to us, too, the Special Olympics athletes. Thanks, TC and D-Lo. Well, appreciate it, man. First of all, i got to tell you, because there was a lot to unpack there. Yes. Um, there was a lot to unpack. Uh, I know there's a lot of tremendous wrestling fans in, in Northern California. I love going out there, whether it be Sacramento, San Fran, Oakland. Love being out there. So I can't wait to go back out there at some point in the future. Um, thank you for being a fan. I will argue against me having the best frog splash. Um, right. I, I will the say, guy we were just talking about probably has yes, that, right? And, and I will say I'm lucky to just be in the conversation. <laughs> so I feel honored just to be in the conversation. Right. But, you know, w- in no particular order, Eddie Guerrero, RVD, Art Bar had much better frog splashes than me. Um, in terms of of just me and X Pac, 
my favorite opponent to be in the ring. I tell everybody X-Pac and I could have had a match, a great match in a phone booth. That was our chemistry. We didn't need much room. Just just put us together. We're ready to go. So I appreciate you, Philip. And uh, big shout out to your soccer team out there. Special Olympians have a, a, a warm place in my heart. So appreciate you, dog. Yeah, excellent stuff. All right, what about the catcher's gear? What, what, well, what, so what, what the chest protector? That was there. that was just to make people mad. Yeah, that was a Jim Ross idea. And he goes, "You need something that's going to separate you because you're a good wrestler, but you need something to separate you from the other good wrestlers." So that's where the chest protector came. And um, I didn't want to do it at first. Turned out to be the greatest decision I ever had in wrestling because. You know, here twenty years later, we still get we're getting calls right. about it on the radio. Right. So it right. it worked out. It worked and, out. And you never know at that point in time, like what a gimmick can do for you, uh, for a positive or a negative. But I, really, for the most part, for a positive. I thought I was going to be the laughing stock of the business. I was like, yeah. I, I remember telling my my fiance time, I was like, babe, they're going to call me Johnny Bench. Right. Like <laughs> like that's I was, just, I was just trying to think of a catcher. Go Johnny Bench, Thurman Munson, you're an East Coast guy. So I was yeah. thinking somewhere like that. You know. You know, Mike Piazza. I mean, babe, yeah. I was like, babe, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to laugh yeah. at me. And I didn't want to do it at first. And then she goes, you know, try it. If you tried it, it fails, then it's a bad idea. But if you don't try it, then it's your fault for not trying it. And I was like, okay. And then I went with it. And like I said, 20 years later, we're fielding phone calls here. Uh, and and it's, it was the greatest thing that ever happened in my career. Worst gimmick of all time. Oh, for me or for anybody? Anybody. Not you. <sighs> wow. Can I nominate Goldust? No, see, I like Goldust. Did you? Even people uncomfortable. I think like the gobbledygooker. <laughs> There you like go. Like when a chicken appears yeah. out of a box, See, that's kind of bad. Is that Vince? Who, who came up with that? I, I don't know. Seriously, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hang that L on somebody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who that belongs to. <laughs> but man, somebody really messed up with the gobbledygooker. Yeah. See that? That's what just drove me away when we got too goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Too, too much went, nonsense. It, and it bothered. Cartoon. It bothered me with guys. That, that, you know, that uh, didn't wear the tights and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like Mr. Hughes, he used to work for me, okay? Yeah. Love Curtis. Yes. Good worker, all that stuff. But it's like, bro, got to lose the whole tie bit and the the white shirt and the pants. I'm just not feeling that, you know? The street look only works for a couple people. Like John Cena's made a living of getting away with that. That's kind of his his niche. Uh, To some extent, The Undertaker's kind of skirted on that. One of the first. But you're you're talking... You know, I'm talking rarefied air. I can't even count on one hand the number of guys that it worked for as opposed to the thousands that it didn't work for. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's always an exception to the rule, but I'm a big proponent of if you're going in the ring, look like a wrestler. Exactly. I don't want. I don't want my. I don't want my newspaper guy in the ring. I don't want my guy who works at Burger King. I want someone who looks like a wrestler. Somebody I want to go. Wow, I'd like to be him. Can you imagine D'Lo in a singlet? I want to see him in the singlet. Oh, no. The, the, the old Bobby the Brain Heenan with, with a singlet. Or Andre the Giant. No, the one strap. No, I'll pass on that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Can't see it. I just no. can't see it. No, that's why I wore a forward because I called it my belly protector. Right. Because it covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> you looking good, man. How, oh. how often do you get back in the ring? Don't anymore. Really? I, I have. What be- did it for you to say, that's it, I'm done? Uh, old age. I'm yeah. 50 years old and I don't. Come on. 50 yes. ain't nothing. Hey, come on. Today's 50 is, uh, you know, come on, man. Yep. The, the, the new 30. Tell that to the guy who's who's jumped off the top rope 300 times That's a year. True. That's true. That 50, 50 quicks kicked up we really quickly and uh who no I'm I'm happy to be uh sitting at the announce desk and Good. doing color commentating and uh, I love you I mean think about it the best job in the world where I get to talk about the thing I love. Yes. I get to talk every week about the thing I love and there's nothing greater than that.
Great stuff, man. Great getting a chance to to see you, man. Wish uh, we, I'm, I'm, I wish it happened sooner, but I'm glad it happened now. Yeah, and now now we've got the the doors open, man. You got the open invite anytime. And and, and you you're local. I mean, come on, bro. Next time I bring Rob with me, we'll do it. I'll yeah. go pick him up, drive by, bring him here. We're, we're, you'll never get rid of us. Yeah, yeah. Be here the whole show. That's the way he usually is with Rob. We usually can't get rid of him. That's the problem, you know. He's, hey. he's there every other week. You know, it's like, dude, you, you can put that down. You don't need to light that up in here. You know, hey, well, you know, no, it's just, all good. It's a public service. He's helping everybody out. Exactly. HBO no. help Love a brother it. out. Yeah. There you <laughs> pop puff, give. Pop puff, give. <laughs> Impact coming here to Samstown Live here in Las Vegas, October twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Get your tickets. Go to. To Impact. Go to ImpactWrestling.com. Yes, sir. And get tickets right now. And I guarantee you, Impact is going to knock the socks off Las Vegas. 23, 24, and 25 October. Great stuff. D-Lo Brown in the house. A pleasure, my man. The nation of domination. We hit it all. Hit it all today. We're going to hit some more when we come back next time. All right. Awesome. All right. Impact Wrestling, again, October 23rd, 24th, 25th, here at Sam's Town Live. We come back. Scott Sprites is going to join us. We start handicapping some winners for the weekend. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. Don't forget, come on out, see us tomorrow, Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, 2 to 4 p.m., best bet segment and more. Showtime, Sean Porter in the house tomorrow. That's right. A little break in training. Come visit us as he's getting ready for the fight of his life. Biggest fight in the his career, biggest fight in his opponent's career, Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter. It's happening. It is on Top-ranked boxing, presenting it at the Mandalay Bay on Saturday, November 20th. Showtime, Sean P. will be in the house tomorrow at Cosmopolitan. Love it when he joins us. And I'm sure he'll have his Cleveland's Browns gear on tomorrow as well, too. There you go. And how much you want to bet the Browns will be in the best bets for Showtime tomorrow? No doubt. Come on by. See the show. Meet Showtime, Sean P. Have a great time uh, with that. I want to thank D'Lo Brown for joining us. Talk a little wrestling little impact. Remember, they're coming to Samstown Live uh, 23rd, 24th, 25th of October. We will have plenty of tickets to give away for that. Tim Brando, appreciate him joining us earlier on. And now that takes us to our man, Scott. I want to say Showtime, but that wouldn't be good. Uh, we need, a, we need a, middle, a middle name for you, Scott. What is the, what is the adjective? Scott Blank Spritzer. A triple S. Can I get a triple S? Yeah, well, here you go. You could use uh, Jack Snow's old name for me. He used to just call me Smash Mouth. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Not to be confused uh, with uh, the, the bad group of whatever, the early 90s, right? We were on TV doing that. Jack Snow coined the term before they even got known. So there you, there you go. go. Smash- and I used to say I was as hot as, you know, I was so hot I was walking on the sun, you know, and then they come out with that song. So I'm assuming they got it from me watching a football show. <laughs> of course that's where they got it. No doubt about it. All right, man. Uh, I got to ask you, wait, wait, yeah. wait to see if I can. I got to ask you sure. one thing. Sure. Um, you know, I'm a big boxing fan, but I got it. You know, and I always root for Sean. 
Man, Bud, Bud's from my, he's from my backyard. He's from my hometown. I know. Do you, do, you have, do you have a prediction of the fight yet, or are we going to wait it out a little bit? We're going to wait it out a little bit, and once we get a little bit closer and see the guys train a little bit, uh, here's the deal. I mean, you know how I feel about Showtime. I, I love how he trains, and I love his style, that bulldog mentality. He will fight anybody. He will mix it up with anybody. He usually has a very good game plan. But with Terrence Bud Crawford, I, this guy is is so good with sticking and jabbing. He's got tremendous footwork, and uh, you know I, I I love him. I, I do. However, the big question mark in this fight is how is he going to respond to Sean's style? Because Terrence Crawford has never faced anybody like Sean, and he hasn't fought anybody at the level of Sean. I mean, think about if you go back and look at, at Terrence Crawford's resume, Scott. I mean, he. a lot of people have ducked him. And because of that Al Heyman situation with PBC, all of those welterweights under that same umbrella with Al Heyman, you know, he hasn't been able to fight those guys. And he's wanted to. Bob Arum has tried to make the fights. But as we know, it is tough in the politics of boxing. And I've never seen one camp have, you know, what, four, five welterweights and all top welterweights in the world. And there's Terrence Crawford sitting under this other canopy at top rank. And, again, it's it's no fault of, of Bob's and no fault of, of Terrence. But, you know, those guys weren't willing to play. It's terrible. You know what it reminds me of, TC? It reminds me, I'm so glad we're going to see this fight because, obviously, I'm a Crawford fan and I like Sean Porter, too, and I've – Met him when I've been with you, you know, in person in your show a couple of times, and you know, nothing but a gentleman. I really enjoy his fights. I want to see Crawford in this fight because it reminds me of. I mean, I'm going back in the day now, and I know you'll know this name, but there might be a lot of casual boxing fans who don't recognize the name. But Mike, the body snatcher, McCallum. Oh yeah. And we're talking about a different fighter, but we're talking about a guy who can never get the top fighters to fight him. You know, they, and, and it's like, man, you just kept waiting and waiting and hoping that the body snatcher was going to get a big-name fight. And it just like his career went away without really getting, you know, more than one real big fight. And I was just like, gosh, can we get Bud Crawford in there against somebody at a level that he deserves to fight at? You know, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, Mike, a great guy, too. I mean, you know, Mike uh, moved back here going back in the 90s. And uh, you're right, he couldn't get those huge fights. But just a great fighter and a great guy as well too yeah. so good stuff man yeah well of course we'll be talking more about that and then you know tomorrow we'll get uh, a chance to talk with sean and get his thoughts on this and remember this is a fight we talked to sean about going back two years ago when terrence crawford didn't want to fight him and both right. of these guys did not want to fight each other because of the solid friendship that they had and they're they're both cut from the same cloth they're both midwest guys and uh you know both pretty humble guys and you know sean has developed a bigger personality because of just the way he comes across and then the television stuff he's been doing with Fox and NBC and all that stuff, you know, doing the Olympic coverage. And Terrence is just one of those guys that just, he's never really felt media friendly, media savvy to a certain degree, but they're both very, very humble. They're both big family guys. And I think, and you know, again, you could speak to this, you know, being from that part of the country, that's, that's rooted in you. And both these guys have still carried that with them. It absolutely helps a lot. You know, I grew up there. I, I did move away from home after high school, so I've been in Vegas longer than I was growing up in the Omaha area. But it is. I mean, it's family. It's, you know, respect your elders. It's respect the people you meet, all that kind of stuff, And unless they give you a reason not to. So this is one of those fights where we don't have a heel, man. 
I mean, it's like it's true. we got two guys that we're rooting for, you know, and obviously if I make a wager that I am definitely going to be rooting for one or the other. But, uh, no, I can't wait to see it. And they're both, you know, they're both cut from that cloth, that Midwestern cloth. And, and uh, again, it does make a difference, I think. And, and I enjoy Sean, by the way. You know, the, the broadcast that he does when he's on Fox, I mean, he's been terrific. And, boy, it's just hard to root against either one of these guys. I agree. Totally agree. All right. Let's talk a little uh, football, Scott. Uh, you – I don't even know. Do we want to even talk about tonight's NFL football game unless you feel strong about a side? But here we go again. Thursday night football, Jacksonville, Cincinnati. Understand Cincinnati is going to be probably the hot pick here, but they're laying seven and a half. Uh, Burrow looks good. He's hooked up with Chase again, their LSU days. But this Jacksonville team, man, I, I can't think anything good to say about this team, and I can't back them. Well, I was looking for an over-under on how many people will be watching the game that don't have a bet on the game. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be minuscule. Uh, take the under three and a half, you know. But uh, listen, like most, I'm a Joe Burrow fan, uh, but the Bengals are inflated. It's due to public perception, and the public does make a difference in these standalone games. And this line was six last week, for example. Uh, the Bengals, they're expected to be without four starters tonight, including their wide receiver T. Higgins, who did miss last week, but he had ten receptions in the first couple of games of the season. He's an important part of this Joe Burrow-led offense, and they're going to be missing him. Four guys in all, four starters, shorthanded in the secondary. Listen, I don't want to go off and say the Jags are ready for a win, but they are getting close. They led by Arizona by nine late in the third quarter last week before falling 31-19. to So if you grab the points with Jacksonville, you're just hoping that they hang around and, and Trevor Lawrence doesn't make that big costly interception or bad decision, which cost him last week against Arizona, but it's seven and a half. There's two ways of thought on this one. Thursday night teams that are laying more than a touchdown have been great against the spread. I think it's 14-3-1 last 18 times. The Bengals haven't been a favorite, not just a favorite of a touchdown, but a favorite at all in the last 16 games and just twice in the last 21 games. So, listen, I took a little shot. I took the Jaguars plus the seven and a half. All right. You know what we do got tonight, Scott? I know you're a big WNBA fan. Aces in Game 2. Uh, did you get any action in Game 1? And uh, are you interested in Game 2 tonight? I had Chicago and got a win in Game 1. I, I really didn't expect Chicago to get that outright win, TC, but I took the points and they ended up hanging. I always sweat. When I'm on an underdog, especially in overtime, and I start sweating profusely. Uh, so they hung on and got the win outright, by the way. But tonight, I actually grabbed the 6.5, the Phoenix small play, um, somewhat of a surprise, obviously, in the semifinals of this team. But listen, they put on that great performance against Seattle. They booked the spot of the semis. Uh, they had 90 points in game one. You know, most of those points, I think that was the most points given up by the Aces all season. You would know that, but memory, if memory serves correctly. Uh, but this was, you know, almost all from the starting lineup. Uh, they need their bench to get going in this series if they're going to have a chance to win outright. But I do expect a bit of a change for Phoenix TC. I, I think they're going to slow down Las Vegas a little bit from what we saw the other night. And I think six and a half is worth taking. Now, last I saw, and it's been over an hour since I looked, but I saw that number creeping down a little bit. It was down to basically six in most spots. And that's what I'm seeing right now. There's still a few six and a halfs out there. But if you like Vegas, you can find enough sixes in town. All right, looking forward to that uh, tonight, uh, 7 o'clock, uh, tipping it off at the Mandalay Bay. 9,000 fans are going to be in attendance. They had 7,000, 7,009 to be exact on Tuesday, Scott, for game one. And uh, we're expecting 9,000 tonight at the Michelob Ultra Arena. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I watched the second half the other night, and it looked like, I mean, I thought there was even more than that. So, and, and a very loud crowd, which is great for the Aces, yeah. but uh, hoping they're not too loud tonight. I want an Aces <laughs> win, but just do it by six or fewer, all right? I'll see what I can do about that. There you go, guys. There it is. All right, obviously the game of the week in the NFL, it's Tampa Bay, New England. The story here, of course, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Before we start handicapping that game, Tom Brady spoke today regarding the matchup. Let's hear what Tom had to say. Yeah, we had a great relationship. Um, I think everything was handled the right way. You know, we handled everything as gracefully as we could. Um, it was an amazing, like I said, time, and um, it was handled. It was handled perfectly. I think everyone understood, you know, where we at, the people involved in the situation, and um, you know, things worked out for the best for for all of us. And we're all trying to do the best we could do now. It's what happens in life. You know, you go through these experiences. You don't know what life's going to lead. And I think the only thing I know how to do is give it all I can, you know, in every day moment. And the people who really bet on me, you know, and, and I want to do really well for them. And um, Jason and Bruce, I think them coming into my life and, you know, saying, hey, we really want you to be here. It's been an amazing thing for me. So um, I'm just excited to go up there and, and try to beat a really great football team. That's ultimately what this week's about. It's not about the quarterback. It's not about you know, the fans or the home crowd or relationships of 20 years. It's about two good football teams going at it. And um, we've got to we got to do a great job. You know, it's going to be a huge test. Last week was a huge test. We didn't quite meet it. This is another huge test. we got to go meet the challenge. All right, two things uh, about that. First, I, I love the way he came out, he spoke about it, and, you know, just didn't kind of just shove it away. I mean, he addressed it and said, listen, this is – this is about this football game. I'm looking forward to it. Let, let's make it about the game itself. And then another portion of the clip he said a little bit later, he says, hey, you know, those guys, they're still my friends. They know I'm coming to kick their butt this week. So, and he laughed about that. And, and, and again, I appreciate Tom Brady. I think he is winning more and more fans over since he left New England. And, again, he's enjoying life. But he has no problem saying, "Hey guys, you know, let's 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 still be juvenile about this." You know, I'm you know I'm looking forward to the game. You know, we know Belichick's not looking forward to the hype. Tom probably doesn't really like talking about it, but let's just get it out there, talk about it, and now. Let's play some football. Yeah, I agree, and it's funny because I thought a lot of the folks who decided they didn't like Tom Brady and rooted against him, it was more that human nature thing about you know we're rooted against the guy, the coach, and the team that always wins. Right. That's always there. We want to see something different. I've been a Tom Brady fan almost since he first took over, you know, maybe within the first season after he took over for Bledsoe all those years ago. I just enjoy his style, enjoy the way he is off the field, the way he lives his life, everything across the board. So when I don't have a bet against Tom Brady and I'm just a fan of the game, I normally root for Tom Brady. You know, we're just seeing something that you don't. And the guy probably will play till he's 50 if he wants. Last week I went against Tampa Bay, and I had, you know, mentioned – in my write-ups that I did for that game that, you know, they, they had won 10 in a row. They had scored a lot of points along the way, but they pulled an escape against Dallas in week one while getting out game. They beat a weak Atlanta team in a game that was closer than the final score indicated. And also, by the way, they led Atlanta by just over five, uh, by, by, excuse me, by uh, three points over five minutes into the fourth quarter, and they benefited from a pair of pick sixes in that game in the final eight minutes. thought the Rams were in a great spot. Uh, the Buccaneers were heavily bet. I was talking to Chuck Esposito. He's been on your show many times last week, and he was talking about how they needed the Rams so bad, almost as bad as they needed the uh, Dolphins. 
So I went against the Bucks. I took the Rams in that game. We got the win. In this contest, it's, I mean, they're at it again, TC. It's like, it's like the, the, the final score has already been posted. I mean, they're getting over 90% of the tickets on Tampa Bay, most of the books right now. That scares the heck out of me as a longtime better of signing with a team that's getting nine or more out of every 10 tickets that are being written. Obviously, Mac Jones has to survive. He has to learn how to not make mistakes. He's a rookie. Rookie quarterbacks are having a terrible run right now uh, in the NFL against the spread. Uh, but again, this line is right where I think it should be at seven. And I'm just probably not going to be interested. I haven't made a bet yet, and I probably won't. I'm not quite interested in, in being part of the group that is up over 90% against the sports book. Right. You know, and again, this line, could, this line opened five and a half. It's now seven and a half in some books. Yeah, I kind of feel like you do. I would love to make a play here on the Patriots, thinking, okay, there's some value. There's, there's the home field. But again, I like Mac Jones, but I don't like him enough where I trust him at this point in time right now, you know, and especially against a veteran Tampa Bay defense. And if Tampa Bay maybe was not coming off that loss, I mean, how often do we see Tom Brady lose back-to-back weeks? So right. I agree with you. It, for me, it's a, it's just a very, it's, you know, the line is, is where it's supposed to be. I would love to, I love home dogs like this, especially with the New England defense. And if I have to pull the trigger, Scott, it's probably going to be because I believe the New England Patriots defense and not the crowd, not Belichick, not all that stuff. You know, but just that the defense could maybe, you know, keep them in this game. Yeah, and listen, it's not that it's, you know, like, wow, oh, my gosh, everybody's on Tampa. You know, the public likes primetime, standalone road favorites. There's no doubt about it. But this is crazy over the top, being over 90% of the tickets. And you're right. If, if New England can kind of slow things down a little bit, force, you know, Brayden to throw the football a little bit more than he wants to in the early going, they got a chance to stick around and, and maybe they get that cover. I'm with you on Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones. He's a smart guy. There's no doubt about it. He's got a good arm, and he's in the right place to be drafted and have to play as a rookie quarterback. Still question his feet, and I think if Tampa Bay with a very good you know, front seven, if they can put pressure on Mac Jones, all of a sudden he starts making those rookie mistakes that he's made a couple of times so far this season. So I think it's a great game to watch for all of the reasons you and I have mentioned, both before the game starts, the off-the-field stuff, Brady coming home, Belichick, and the game itself, because I think we're going to learn a whole lot about the New England Patriots in this football game. We know everything about Tampa Bay, win or lose this game. We're going to learn a lot about New England. I agree. Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports, joins us. Let me ask you about a couple more NFL games Sunday, Scott. Uh, you mentioned the Rams, okay? They're a five-point favorite at home against the Cardinals. This Cardinal team, they're 3-0. and they're averaging 34 points a game, leading the NFL in points. Uh, offensively, look pretty nice. But this Arizona defense is a little bit underrated, in, in my opinion. You know, you've got uh, you know Buda Baker on the backside. You got JJ uh, Watt up front, and again, the Rams coming off that big emotional victory here. I personally like the Cardinals in this spot. I think they're a live dog. How do you got this? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the Cards, first of all, they're 9-3-1 against the spread as a single-digit division road dog uh, the last 13 times. And, you know, this is one of those games where if the Rams would have lost last week, I might have been looking to play on them. Uh, but because they did win, and it was such a big game, and it was like all about this is why they brought Matthew Stafford to L.A. to win those kind of games, this all of a sudden becomes a tough spot. Scary thing is it's all the way down to four, and you could have got six when it opened. In fact, I'm looking at one book on my screen outside of the state of Nevada right now, T.C., that has dropped it 
all the way to three and a half. So if you didn't get it at six, you're obviously down to three and a half, four. You've lost some value in this one. But my thought was, as long as it was over three, I thought if you were going to play this game at all, Arizona would be the side. You mentioned their defense. Listen, they only gave up 12 points last week. I know the scoreboard says 19, but, you know, you had that seven points that was gained off the missed 68-yard field goal and run back for a touchdown. But, again, when you are a team, I don't think I've mentioned this on your show before, and some, I forget what handicapper pointed this out to me a while back, but when you are on a team that upset the defending Super Bowl champions, you've only covered 24 of the last 61 times when facing a division rival the very next week. That, that game when you beat or you know, pull an upset against the Super Bowl champs, boy, that usually takes so much out of a team. So all of those situations, all of the spots for those of us who are spot players are looking to look at Arizona and maybe even win the game outright. All right. Raiders traveling to the Chargers, but it's going to be more like a home game for the Raiders, probably SoFi Stadium there. Chargers favored by three. Chargers playing some great ball. We're going to know a lot about the Raiders after this game as well, too. Justin Herbert, they go into Kansas City, and they take care of the Chiefs at Arrowhead last week. Any thoughts on this game, Scott? Yeah, this one's come down to three in a lot of books, but there's still three and a half out there. That's one of those games where I say if you like the Chargers, you shop for the three. If you like the Raiders, you shop for the three and a half because there's plenty of both to be had out there, and you should have a hard time finding it. But uh, listen, you know, I, I'm 2-0 and in Raiders games. We played on them in their win over Baltimore in the opening week and, and got that sp- – and then last week, of course, I played against them, played on Miami and got a fortunate win, but a win nonetheless. Of course, Miami blowing a two-touchdown lead but getting the cover in overtime. So we're 2-0 and in Raiders games, and I did play this game. I took the three-and-a-half with the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers were able to knock off KC last week you know, on the road, but they're going to face a defense that's playing better football than KC's in this case on Monday night. They're also going to face Derek Carr, who has not only been tremendous in 2021 with his passing stats, but TC's not making those costly mistakes that we've seen out of Carr in the past. In fact, he's not making many mistakes at all. Raiders and Gruden, what, they've covered six of the last seven Monday night games. They just did a couple of weeks ago. Just survived a perfect go-against spot with that straight-up win over Miami. Chargers have been a money pit at home as home chalk. I I took the three-and-a-half. I think that's still, you know, a good play. You can run out there and find three-and-a-half. I'm a believer in the Raiders right now, and I think the Chargers are slightly overvalued off a win against a mistake-prone Kansas City team. All right, real quick, let's move over to college, Scott. And we've got a game tomorrow night, and a good friend Tim Brandu, who's going to be on the call, he joined us earlier in the program talking about Iowa and Maryland, both teams 4-0. and uh, And the Big Ten definitely has changed a little bit. Uh, we got uh, These two teams are undefeated. They're both sitting at the top right now. We've got you know, Tua's little brother quarterbacking for Maryland, and Iowa's a three-point choice. Iowa's looked really good, especially when they blew out Iowa State earlier this year. Give me some thoughts, Iowa-Maryland tomorrow night. Yeah, I tell you what, there's two teams that I kind of missed on back in June, July when I was doing my preseason ratings, and one of those teams happens to be the Maryland Terrapins. They are a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. Of course, you're now if you like Maryland, you're getting fewer points than you would have had if this game was played a week ago, and that makes it tough. I have Iowa winning this game by six points. I think a good four- to seven-point win is probably in store, and if it lands on four, then you're right there with the field goal being the point spread difference in this one. So that's kind of tough. Uh, Iowa's been really good as an away favorite over the last eight or nine years. Tremendous. I mean, if you play against them when they're on the road and they're chalk, 
I mean, you're basically no longer betting. They've taken your bankroll. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they're always prepared well under Ferentz for the entire time he's been there. Uh, and here's the thing. If you're going to beat Iowa, you better be able to run the football. We'll see if Maryland can. But at minus three, I can't back Maryland. It's a lean on Iowa or nothing. Right. All right. Some other good college games on Saturday. Arkansas, Georgia. Georgia favored by 18. Ole Miss, Alabama. The Tide, 14 and a half. We've got Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Bearcats, a road favorite. And then we've got Michigan at Wisconsin. Uh, any, any thoughts of any of those games or anything else stand out on the board for you, Scott? Yeah, a little bit on each of them, but I'm probably going to surprise some people and say that I laid the lumber with Georgia when it dropped to 18, which was overnight, and I jumped on them this morning as a small play. Uh, the schedule maker didn't do the hogs any favors, obviously. They get the win over A&M last week, and they get to celebrate for 38 seconds and have to get ready for arguably the best team in college football along with Alabama. So, and, and also, I always tell people, like as, as I've talked about this game this week, you know, we've got to be honest about that A&M offense. I mean, they're not good. We saw that in Colorado opening week or whatever it was, and the Hogs went up against a weak A&M offense. They did the job, give him credit. Sam Pittman, he was the offensive line coach at Georgia. Of course, he's now the head coach at Arkansas. So, you know, there's a thing or two about the personnel. What this came down to me, though, TC, uh, I'm concerned with K.J. Jefferson's accuracy. He's less than a 60% passer, and now he's got to face the best defense in college football, not only from a player and talent standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint. And I don't think Arkansas's defense has seen a quarterback like J.T. Daniels, who, by the way, is expected to be fine uh, by all reports and indications. I think Georgia slows down the playmakers of the Arkansas offensive backfield, and I think they slowly move away from the Hogs in this game. So and it's scary, man. You see that 18, you're like, boy, Arkansas played pretty well. Right. But I like Georgia to cover this one. All right. There he is, Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports. You can go check out DocSports.com for Scott's plays. Fantastic. And, of course, always love having him on the show and, of course, participating in our Best Bets segment as well every week. Uh, too. So, all right, man. Uh, good luck to you this weekend. I know you're probably still playing some baseball. We'll start looking to the postseason. Next week we have you on. We'll start talking a little playoff baseball. we got wild card action and ALDS, NLDS all coming too next week. And real quickly, TC, we got a Bundesliga team in easily today with Leverkusen. Oh, uh, Leverkusen! 4-0. Just an <laughs> ugly, ugly performance by Celtic. And uh, we only had to lay like a buck twenty in that game. Yeah, it warms my heart when you bet, bet on the German teams. I, I love it. There you go, my friend. <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. All right, Scott, appreciate you, brother. Great stuff. Take care, man. All right, Have there it is. Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports. All right, appreciate Scott for joining us today, as well as Timmy B. Tim Brando will be on the call tomorrow night for Iowa at Maryland on Fox Sports 1. D'Lo Brown in the house as well, too, today. Appreciate the former WWE superstar now with Impact Wrestling. And again, uh, Impact coming your way here next month at Samstown Live. So appreciate everyone for joining us. And, of course, big shout-out to my man, Ballpark Frank, who uh, joined us early on today. Great hearing from him. Sounds very, very good. Continued thoughts and prayers as uh, Frank is uh, doing chemotherapy in the uh, in the hospital here in town. So uh, we'll keep uh, keep our thoughts and prayers for him and uh, continue to hear from Frank on a regular basis until he gets back here in the chair next to me full time. Speaking of that, tomorrow, come out and join us at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, 2 o'clock. We'll handicap it all for you. Me, Double B, Brian Benowitz, Showtime Sean Porter in the house. 
as he gets ready for his huge welterweight championship bout against Terrence Crawford coming up on November 20th. Come out, see the show live at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas tomorrow. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. It's all there for you at tcmartinshow.com. Aces in action tonight, game two at the Mandalay Bay. We'll recap that tomorrow as well.